A warning for our listeners. This episode does contain elements and mention of murder, suicide, and self-harm. Some content mentioned is alleged and in no way deemed factual. This episode was written to provoke education and conversation on the subject presented. If you are experiencing suicidal feelings or thoughts of self-harm, please contact your National Suicide Hotline. For our American listeners, call 1-800-273-8255. It is a 24-hour, toll-free, and confidential hotline. You can also visit their website at suicidepreventionlifeline.org to chat online with a counselor. For our Australian listeners, call Lifeline at 131114 for 24-hour suicide prevention and crisis services. For our United Kingdom listeners, call 111 option 2 for mental health support and crisis prevention. We care greatly for our listeners and we want you all to remember that these episodes are simply conspiracy theories that we have researched in the hopes of bringing more awareness to them. We hope you enjoy this latest episode. Hi everyone, and welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone, and welcome back to Jard. Why do I always I always talk weird? I don't know. I've often been wondering that. That's your professional voice. Yeah. Oh hell! I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. Well, I'm not cutting it down. I don't even, re- I don't even remember how to do this. So. Oh <laughs> Welcome back to Jod. <laughs> I already did that part, Dougie. Fuck. Anyway. So, uh, fuck. I'm trying to do the less us thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you like this episode, be sure to check us out on Instagram or do I do Twitter usually? Instagram or Twitter? Yeah. Instagram is yeah. at jar dot podcast. <laughs> Twitter is at jar official, and our mm-hmm. Facebook link is in the comments below. I guess. Hopefully, Ryan puts it there. I don't fucking. Know it's always there. Ryan. I copy it over every time. <laughs> <laughs> Make me sound like I don't know how to do my job. <laughs> well, there's a lot of things you don't know how to do, sweetheart, so. <laughs> oh, God, my chest is so tight. <sighs> behave, boys and girls, behave. Yeah, listen to Mummy Amber. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> you know, you know <laughs> I, I've been re-listening to our episodes this season here and there just because I've just enjoyed them so much. And I, I re-listened to the Stonehenge one a couple of days ago, and that one was great. But at the same time, I'm sitting here like, you know, we're going on and on in that episode about how Stonehenge must have meant something to someone. It took them, you know, they wasted 1,500 years building it. It had to mean something. And I'm sitting here like, imagine being one of those people, building Stonehenge, and, you know, you die, you spend your entire life building Stonehenge, and then in the afterlife, or whatever happens after, you get a glimpse of the world 1,500 years from then, and you see that your life's work is essentially being mocked and laughed at (laughs) on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> like you want to talk about digging up someone's remains and calling them unspecial? <laughs> I mean, that's all I can think. I'm like, wow. If only these guys were here today to see us talking shit and laughing at their work yep. that they dedicated their entire lives to. And then maybe they could tell us fucking mm-hmm. why. <laughs> That's yeah. facts. Something would help. That's all that episode came down to is why Why? <laughs> yeah. Why did you want to stack those rocks up? Yeah. The Britney episode was like, oh, honey. And then the Stonehenge was like, why? And then the lizard people was like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, it's an eclectic mix. So, I hope I'm not making any, like, weird faces tonight, because for our listeners, we are all on a video chat, so we can, like, I guess, interact a little bit better. We Well, well we shouldn't say all. Three out of four of us are. True. Ryan's all mad, because it was short notice. It, you literally sprung it upon us when we jumped onto Discord. <laughs> okay, but 75% of us showed out, so that's not our problem. You, majority, like I said, you, majority rules. you made it my problem. Don't argue with me. I will roast you live on air right now. Do it. No, don't, please. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't challenge Chris. No, I really don't want to. That's it's scary. You should know by now. Do not challenge me. So, oh God, I think I already. I think I'm gonna. Did you just it. have a heart palpitation? No, my. I'm chest. just so mad right now. I'm just. My chest is so tight. I'm just. I just want to kill Ryan, but it's okay. So. I just want to ins- I just want to spend my entire savings to buy a ticket to Leicester and just <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that was much better to just, like because it was on video. Uh, yeah, I can. <laughs> so just fuck him up. I'm just trying to I get could some, just like, say it Jess knocking on the front door, Ryan opening up, and then... Yeah, whack. just a clear punch to the face. Deck yeah, Bonk, go to stupid jail. Whack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to get, like, some... I'm trying to get some lightheartedness out of... Or going before this episode, because leave it to me. Like, Amber had the Britney thing, and that was, like... You know, that was really sad, but, you know, Britney is still alive, even if a prisoner in her own life. And then the Stonehenge thing was, like... <laughs> people was like so (laughs) (laughs) but the one i picked is like super emotional and super depressing and there have been times during my research phase where i found myself on my deck at 10 o'clock at night drinking wine and sadly listening to elton john but it's cool it's fine I just, we all have a night like that at some point. We've all I think. been there. You don't, because you don't like Elton John. Oh, I think we've all been there. Yeah. I really don't. I was just trying to. Empathize. You don't like Elton John. <laughs> I can't talk okay, about this. I can't. I can't talk about. Okay, this. it's not that. Hold on. It's not that I don't like Elton John. It's that my husband and my father-in-law are both like Elton John and your best friend nuts. Yeah, <laughs> and my best friend and. It's like once you hear so much of it, it's like okay, I get it. Can we? Can we? Can we just? Can we? Can we? <laughs> I can never hear too much Elton John. If Elton John was the only thing I could listen to for the rest of my life, I think I would be okay. I just don't feel that way. That, you will. I mean, I respect... You will. You'll get there. Sure. 
I'll make sure of it. It's been years, Jess. We've been friends for years, Jess. So I will get you there. I will get you there. The same way I got... Never mind. <clears throat> I was going to make a mom joke. I'm not going to do that. So... <laughs> so the topic that I am covering today is about Princess Diana's death. And yeah, that's why, yeah, I just feel like everyone else picked kind of like, not fluffy, but like... Fluffy? <laughs> not like super dark <laughs> topics. I mean, the Britney thing was dark. Don't get me wrong. Like, Britney was, that was like, that was heartbreaking. But Jesus Christ, yeah. I just... Ugh. Also, we're supposed to be swearing less on this. I forgot about that. It's fine. I'm already tallying off my sensor chart. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Go hog wild, Jess. No, more, don't create so, more work for me. I know you're mad at me, but <laughs> no, I'm gonna try to swear as little as possible because this episode means a lot to me, and I also I don't really want my mom to listen to any other episode of this entire show. <laughs> but if she, you know, if she listens to to any one of them, I want it to be this one, and I I may like actually sit her down and force her to listen to it i don't know but, oh i forced mom to listen to free britney so i feel you yeah i just like i want it to be enjoyable i want it to properly honor princess diana and like dignify her and i just if she's somewhere in the afterlife listening to this for whatever reason i don't know why princess diana would be listening to shitty podcasts in the afterlife but whatever because we're talking I at least, about it i at least hope she can listen to it with fondness and pride so yeah. Yeah, and I, I've done my due diligence and my research. I've got about nine pages for you guys. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, I tried to organize it to the best of my ability. I tried to break it down into different categories. So hopefully I've got it all organized correctly. If I bounce around, if it seems like I'm bouncing around, I apologize. This is just a lot to take in. And for our listeners, well, that's how I, I felt just... when I did mine. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I tried to put it in as, like, logical of an order as I possibly could, but there may be parts where it seems like I bounced or, or I'm bouncing around. I don't know. We'll see how it comes out when I'm actually, like, saying this stuff. I don't know. But, yeah. Hmm. So, and by the way, to our listeners, <laughs> I was telling these guys in the group earlier, you do not know difficult until you try to Google like conspiracy theory things about a conspiracy theory like where the main theme is that it is being covered up by secret <laughs> service <laughs> I, I did as much research as I could there were times I was googling search terms and like I just was combing through the pages of google and it's like if you don't find anything on the first page you're not gonna find oh you're never gonna get it I was going like yeah I was going like 10 pages in and I'm just like but wow. where, like, how am I supposed to do this? So, yeah, not easy. I will go ahead and say, before I start, my sources on this, where, where did I put my sources? Oh, oh, here they are. So, a lot of it is coming from Wikipedia. I'll explain that here shortly. Um, Netflix series, it's called Conspiracies. There was just, like, a single, there was one episode, it's like, a 45 minute episode and only 15 minutes was about her but yeah i've got some info from there i got some info from independent news i got some info from the other series on netflix it was called like diana and her words or in her own words something like that 
And then one of them was the Daily Mail, which I know is a bit of a reach because it's kind of a tabloidy kind of thing, but whatever. I think I had that in one of my resources, mm-hmm. too, but it was... Yeah, yeah I was kind of... I was trying to take that with a grain of salt, but at the same time, it was... The thing that I was searching for was presented best on that website, I guess. Yes. verbalized the best. And then there will be a sample from Princess Diana's Panorama interview from 1995. So, the Wikipedia... Her what interview? It's Panorama. Ah. I don't know if that was... Honestly, I should have looked into it. I don't know if that was, like, a a news program or, like, something like... You know, like Barbara Walters, uh, one of those programs. I don't know. But anyway, it it was a sit down and there's audio and video, whatever. So the Wikipedia side of it, um, basically I wanted to present this episode in a way that would make our listeners kind of understand the things that she went through even from the beginning and to be able to see how the establishment, a.k.a the royal family would want her gone but to also drive home the point that she was a really good human being who did not deserve basically anything that happened to her ever in her life (laughs) basically okay guys let's get ready for a real depressing road trip okay Okay, ready (laughs) i just i yeah so i also i also did a boatload of research because i know that at least amber doesn't know that much about the story itself like everyone knows who princess Diana is i i don't yeah i mean like a lot of people don't know the true story or you know the whole story or whatever so i know ryan wasn't alive amber doesn't know dougie do you remember when princess diana died yeah was it a really huge deal there oh yeah well where australia is still part of the the commonwealth So, um, do you remember what you were doing when you found out or where you were? Uh, I was, I was actually here at at that stage. I'd only just moved here, but well, the year before. What, your house? A couple of years before. This town, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I didn't have my house then. But, um, yeah, it, it was a huge shock. And, yeah, it was. I mean, I've grown up with watching all that sort of her life and everything she did and everything like that. So, it yeah, it was a huge shock to see that happen. And, yeah, straight away the the conspiracy theories were flying mm-hmm. left, right and center mm-hmm. with regards yeah. to her death. But, um, yeah, huge loss for sure. Yeah. Totally. And even, I mean, here, I mean, it was, I think it was just a, a global thing because it was a huge deal here. Like it happened when I was very young. I think I was six years old when it happened, but I still remember I was at my grandparents' house. It was like, I don't know, six or seven at night, something like that. I was at my grandparents' house. We were watching like Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune or something. And then there was the the news broadcast which interrupted whatever we were watching and I remember seeing it on the news and like I didn't I guess I didn't fully understand it at the time but like my mom she she loved her I mean everyone loved Diana like everyone so that's basically all I remember and then from then on the rest of my childhood I was just due to just random 
things I would hear on the news, like, here and there. I kind of put it together in my own mind that Prince Charles, like, pretty much directly killed her because he was having an affair or something <laughs> like that. So I'd spent a long time thinking that. But, yeah, that was just... It was just a global tragedy. I just, it, you know, it hit us hard here. You said it hit you hard there. Like, I can't imagine what it did to the UK. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Ryan we can't, can't ask Ryan. Can't ask me. Yeah, we no. can't ask Ryan. He wasn't alive. So. <laughs> <laughs> or I he mean, was alive, but he, just yeah, no. Just from, from what I'd seen um, growing up is she's, she'd always had a hard time. To, yes. To me, it seemed like the the royal family never really took her in, sort of thing. They were never right. oh. re- really happy with her. Um, that's just the impression I got when I was with everything over the, her life. But well, um, so I think after the divorce, she seemed to become more active. Blossom. I think probably she had that bit more freedom. <laughs> But everybody still referred to her as Lady Diana, yeah. Wherever she went, and um, yeah, she she did so much for the world. Yes. It yes. Was, yeah. And I am going to cover that because a lot of the things that she did, humanitarian-wise, were frowned upon mm. by the establishment. Absolutely. So we'll go ahead and get yeah. into it. Anyway. So I hope you guys are about to. You know, you're ready to get your mind holes blown open. Anyway. Always. <laughs> so, for our listeners, because I know, you know, we probably have some young listeners as well. If you, I'm just going to give you guys a rundown. So, Princess Diana, born July 1st, 1961. She died August 31st, 1997. She was only 36 years old when she was mysteriously died. <laughs> that sentence did not make sense. No, oh, no it did not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. She was the first wife of Charles, Prince of Wales, who is also the son of the Queen. I believe it's, what's he called? The f- He's first in line. Uh, yes, throne, he is. Right? Yeah. Okay, so he's first in line. So once the Queen goes, <laughs> then it's Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh my fucking God. <laughs> She's also the mother of Princes William and Harry. Why did I almost say Henry? I love Prince Harry. So she was she was born to a couple of parents. God, this is so bad. <laughs> I'm just gonna I was trying to like to like condense it, but you know what? I'm not even she was born Diana Spencer. She was born to John and Francis Spencer, who respectively were is Viscount Althorpe and Viscountess Althorpe. Ryan, did I say those right? Um, I. Why am I asking uh, you? You don't know how to say uh, no, I, <laughs> <laughs> so They sound correct. Their family was very tight-knit with the British royal family for, like, several generations. So, Diana, her grandmothers served as ladies-in-waiting to Queen Elizabeth. So, a lady-in-waiting is basically a personal assistant modern speak Mm -hmm. so her parents got divorced when she was seven she was four of five spencer children so they were hoping that she would be a boy so that she could become i guess the eventual heir because she did have an older brother who died in infancy Mm -hmm. um but after diana was born about three years after she was born another brother was born but by then 
the damage had been done in her parents' marriage, basically. So they got divorced. Um, her dad remarried to a stepmom, which she apparently hated, and she called her a bully. There were also reports that at one point Diana pushed her stepmother down a flight of stairs. Wow. (laughs) So, (laughs) Diana later, when, like, recounting her childhood, she later described her childhood as being very, quote, a very unhappy and very unstable childhood, the whole thing, end quote. So, she basically, I don't want to say she was miserable, but she, I mean, she was unhappy from the jump, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in school, she was a talented pianist and she excelled in swimming and diving and studied ballet. And even as far back as I believe she was 16 when she was in school, she was given an award for her community spirit. So her humanitarian stuff, I guess, goes back basically to the very beginning. Like she's <coughs> always been or she had always been a very decent and kind person. So, once she finished school, she well, she went to school in Switzerland, finishing school for just one term. She, I guess, dropped out, and then she took a series of odd jobs. She, she was a dance instructor. She was a preschool assistant. She did housekeeping, hostessing, nannying, and then finally she was a nursery teacher's assistant. So, she first met Prince Charles when she was 16. This was in 1977. And I believe if I remember correctly, she was 16, and at the time, he was 29. So, do with that information what you will. <laughs> I think it's a little disturbing. And I think it's more than a little disturbing. Yeah. But they, how I will say, I will say they did not become romantically involved at that point. That was just the first time they met. At the time, he was dating her older sister. Oh, <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's weird. They, so a couple years later, when she was like, I think, 18 or 19, something like that, they were both guests, they both ran into each other again at a country weekend, which this was the summer of 1980. He started to take interest in her from what she said in the the series on Netflix, uh, in her own words, whatever. What from what she said, he was absolutely enamored. He was following her around like a lost puppy dog, like all, the whole time. So they kind of started up a relationship at that point in summer 1980. They got more serious over the following months. He invited her aboard the royal yacht for a sailing weekend, and then he invited her to meet his family at Balmoral, which is the royal family's scottish estate correct i believe okay yeah so he invited her there to meet the family apparently she made a fantastic first impression on the queen so he then they dated until about february 1981 which is when he actually proposed and i mean keep in mind this is like i believe it was said that they started dating in july of 80 and then they were engaged by february of 81 so i mean that's kind yeah. of a quick engagement to me. And yeah, that that doesn't yeah. seem like a whole lot of time to date and get to know a person before you say, mm. yeah, I'll spend my whole life with you. No, mm-hmm. no, not at all. And actually, I I didn't put it in my notes because I had already made these notes by the time I watched it. But in Diana, in her own words in that series, she mentioned that the night that they got engaged, she she just remembered being so happy. And she told him, I love you so much. I love you so much. And he said, 
whatever that means or whatever love means something along those lines and i was like Uh, yikes oh mm, god and then later there was there was footage where they were interviewed once they announced their engagement and the interviewer made a comment about how happy and in love they looked and charles said to the interviewer whatever in love means like just right in front of everyone so he he always came across as a bit weird yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, so after they got Four engaged. Foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After they got engaged, she left her job. She At the time, she was the kindergarten assistant. That's one of the jobs that she had picked up. She left her job. She briefly lived at Clarence House, which was also the home of the queen. She then lived at Buckingham Palace leading up to the wedding. And in the documentary... She also mentioned that basically from the time they got engaged to, God, I think when she got pregnant with Prince William, she was like super bulimic. I mean, just nonstop. And there was also mention that from the time they got engaged, Camilla was already in the picture. So I, I know that Camilla was Prince Charles' ex-girlfriend from however long before Diana. But anyway, they broke up, and I don't know if they picked back up while he and Diana were courting, but she was for sure in the picture when they got engaged to the point where Diana, like, she was basically second-guessing the whole wedding. Like, I don't know if I can go through with this. I caught him on the phone with Camilla. I mean, him and Camilla, they would talk all the time. They would send each other presents. And this, <coughs> this stuff continued throughout their entire relationship, the stuff with Camilla did. I mean, Camilla was calling him. Like, they were secretly talking to each other when Diana and Charles were on their honeymoon. No. Like, it was bad. On the honeymoon? Yes. And, like, even, I think, I don't want to speak incorrectly here but i feel like diana said the first instance that she noticed of camilla popping back up was it was they were already engaged and it was really close to the wedding and she she got upset about it she called her sister she's like i don't know if i can go through with this wedding like camilla here camilla's here she's in the picture i mean i just don't know if i can go through with this and her sister's like well your face is already on the tea towels so you you know you need to go ahead and do it. Like, because when they got married, I mean, <gasps> they printed Prince Charles and Diana's faces on everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, dinnerware, tea towels, like, it was just... Everywhere. Everywhere. So, yeah. The, the Camilla side of it, it, it's a mess. I'll get into it. Anyway. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's see. So, Diana, she was only 20 years old when she and Prince Charles got married in July of 1981. So, they basically dated got engaged and married all within a year so that's a bit much the wedding was televised and it was watched by 750 million people i think my mom being one of those yeah it i remember remember and that's about all that i remember of her like i mean i didn't really pay attention like growing up or whatever i was busy doing my own shit but like, I remember my mom talking to me about how, like, she woke up at some, like, butt-ass crack of dawn yeah. our time <laughs> to make sure that she was able to watch that entire wedding. And she said it was, like, one of the most beautiful things she's ever saw. Well, furthermore, there was reportedly half a million people gathered in the streets to spectate the wedding. Like, it, it, was, a, it was a big deal. Like, Oof. but then it, like, looking at pictures 
from even the beginning of when her and Prince Charles started dating, like from the beginning all the way to the end, you see these pictures of her and it's, she doesn't ever really look happy or like ecstatic. I mean, she, in a lot of these pictures, she just looks like, okay, like, (laughs) I mean, I get that, I mean, she was, like, I'll play along. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I get that she was, she was a very shy person in the beginning. She wasn't used to the attention. Basically, whenever she started dating Prince Charles, she just was not prepared for the kind of press attention that she was going to get. And it exhausted her because they were everywhere all the time. Mm. So she just, she wasn't used to it. So I get that she maybe looked moody or, you know, pouty, whatever people want to say about her, because she wasn't comfortable at all. Yeah. Um, let's see, what else was there? So November 1981, four months after they got married, Prince Charles and Diana announced that she was pregnant with Prince William. And then a few months later, in January, she fell down a staircase, but the oh royal God. gynecologist determined that, though she suffered severe bruising, the baby was uninjured. When later interviewed, Diana confessed to having intentionally thrown herself down the stairs due to feelings of inadequacy. Oh, my. And wow. there are many... I did not know that. Oh, yeah, my God. There are many not reports but there are many times that diana alleged that she did these kinds of things to herself to get prince charles attention like not the she she would hurt herself she would she would scratch herself or cut herself on her legs or her her chest or her you know her arms and stuff like that to try to get his attention but he always felt like she was crying wolf so he just kind of like brushed it off like whatever like you're just you're being weird again so she was she was doing stuff like this from the beginning, in terms of her relationship with him. I mean, that 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 in itself sounds like a cry for help. Awful. Oh, there, yeah. yeah, like she was crying for help pretty much their entire relationship. Even like in the beginning when she was so overwhelmed by the press, like she would express those feelings to Prince Charles, and he would basically tell her, "Oh, you're on your own. Like, good luck." The fuck. <laughs> Yeah. Like just get get over it. Like yeah, deal with it. I mean, yeah. from everything that I've seen and read and watched, Prince Charles was nothing of support to her whatsoever. And while she did have like royal affiliation, I mean, she wasn't royal before marrying him. So for her to go from being this just this unknown shy soft-spoken girl to suddenly she's the most photographed woman of the 20th century like yeah she's gonna suffer yeah i mean yeah yeah. (laughs) like i don't um let's see so in september 84 that's when prince harry was born uh no not a whole lot of drama around that but by 86 Prince Charles and Diana's incompatibility was, it had become super obvious to the public. Um, that's, that's what some people, or when some people say that he resumed his relationship with Camilla, but from what Diana said in that other interview, it started before they even got married. So, who knows? There were also reports that Diana had an affair with a guy, Major James Hewitt, who was their former writing instructor there were also media allegations that hewitt was secretly the true father of prince harry but 
it was debunked because I guess Prince Harry, he was born like two years before this affair even started. But I mean, I'm not saying anything, but Prince Harry doesn't really look like anybody. I'm just, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you look at William, how much he looks like he's dead. Yeah. What? Oh, absolutely. I think he looks just like Diana. No. No, because Prince Charles has this really, like, <laughs> slim, like, narrow, like, lizard face with the huge ears. Like, <laughs> like, I think, like, like Prince William looks like, just I feel like his like, mom. Right. I feel like William has a lot of Diana's features, but I can also see Prince Charles's features as well. Yeah. Whereas when it comes to Prince Harry, I, no, it's, it's not... <laughs> it don't, it don't I don't it. see either of them in Harry. That's like I don't see her or him. That's what so I'm I saying. Just, it don't, I don't hit. Know. <laughs> <laughs> like, like as far as like the red hair go, I mean, I think I want to say her sister Sarah has red hair, so it's at least in the their family's genetics, I guess. But I just don't see either of them. It's just so you know weird. what though that that could totally 100 percent be the case because you've seen my child. Yeah. He he's blonde, and for me and my husband both have dark brown hair. I don't know how it happened. I promise that's his father. <laughs> well, red hair though—that's a very specific feature. Like someone it, has it to have specific. that in their family at some point on either side for it to show up, pretty much. So, I don't know. I, I'm not saying nothing. Like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> anyway, moving on. So, 1989. Diana publicly confronted Camilla about the affair at a birthday party for Camilla's sister. Whoa. Now, I don't know what came out of that. I'm not sure. That's I didn't see anything past that. So, that happened. And at one point, the Queen herself and the Duke of... Ryan, how do I say this? Is, it, is the G.H. Duke of Edinburgh? Edinburgh. Or Edinburgh. Edinburgh. How is Edinburgh. it bro? Edinburgh. <laughs> bruh. It's you are, not are you. Bruh. How is it that in bruh? <laughs> bruh? That's just how it's pronounced. It's just how it's pronounced. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's that dude Philip, right? Is that yeah, his name? Duke of Edinburgh. Okay, the Queen and Philip. Yes, there you <laughs> <Okay>. go. <laughs> <laughs> they thought that the situation with Charles and Diana was pretty much out of control, and they themselves tried to intervene and stage a reconciliation between the two of them. Oh. So. In 92, transcripts of recorded phone conversations between Prince Charles and Camilla were leaked to the press in what is now referred to as Camillagate. So, 92, that's basically when it just got blown out that Prince Charles was having an affair with Camilla. That's like when it was Pause. all brought to be public. What? Pause. Is this the recording or some type of communication where he made out to her like he wanted to be her tampon? Possibly. I honestly what? forgot about that until you just now said that. What? Oh, oh have you not heard this? Oh, I've, I've heard, never that. heard that. Oh, what? He made wow. some whack comment like he wished that he could be her tampon. Oh, I promise my. I'm not making that up. I promise. I did not just pull that out of my ass. He said it. No, Who's, I remember, like, I remember something that? along those what lines. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> a very desperate person, I would imagine. I, I, wow. I was uh, going to say something again, but I won't. Boys, I think boys, I know what you were going to say. You mean to tell me you've never <laughs> fantasized about being a woman's tampon? Oh, yeah, all no. the time. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
Oh, I found it. I found it. Camilla okay. says, what are you going to turn into? A pair of knickers? Oh, you're going to come <laughs> back as a pair of knickers. And Charles says, or, God forbid, a Tampax. Just my luck. Wow. <sighs> this is this is their sexy talk on the phone. That was just a little excerpt from their... The, there's transcripts online. I've got one pulled up right now. But yeah. Oh, so then then she says, oh, you could perhaps just come back as a box. And he says, what sort of box? And she says, a box of Tampax. So you could just keep going? Oh, I, I have to read the whole <laughs> But yes, there were, there were, yes, there were references oh to him God. being a tampon. So yes. Okay. I'm so glad that I didn't make that up. I knew no, I had I, that little... I knew I had that nugget of information for some reason. I heard about that, and I honestly forgot about it until you just said that. So, yes, I'm glad. Yes. <laughs> so, after the whole transcript leak of that conversation, Prime Minister John Major announced the couple's amicable separation. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> in, in the early 90s, Diana, she hired a public speaking coach named Peter Settlin. So, in videotape recorded by Settlin, Diana admitted that during the period of 84 to 86, she had been deeply in love with someone who worked, quote, in this environment, end quote. It's thought that she was referring to Barry Manicky. I ho- I don't know if I'm saying... There's a couple of names I'm going to be questioning if I'm saying it right or not. But Barry Manicky, a former bodyguard whose position was terminated after suspicion began that Diana and Barry were having an affair. So, oh, let's see. Uh, during that Did same time red period... <laughs> Very funny, Dougie. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so during that same time, Diana spoke of Charles, saying, quote, He made me feel so inadequate in every possible way that each time I came up for air, he pushed me down again. End quote. Wow. And oh. 93, she wrote a letter to her butler, Paul Burrell, saying that she believed Charles to now be in love with his personal assistant, who was also formerly the boy's nanny. She told Burrell she believed that Charles was planning to have her killed, quote, to make the path clear for him to marry Tiggy. Now, Tiggy was the, that was the that nanny. Was the, okay. So this was, that was four years before she died. She, yeah, she told Paul Burrell that she thought, yeah. So, let's see. I'm just coming through everything. So, after that interview, the queen became more frustrated with the situation than ever, and she had Buckingham Palace issue letters to both Charles and Diana telling them to divorce. Wow. <laughs> like, the queen had enough. Like, she was over yeah. it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, Charles agreed to the divorce not long after that. In 96, Diana announced her agreement as well, which irritated the palace because she issued her own announcement of the divorce agreement and its terms on her own. She didn't let anyone else speak for her. So that also kind of rubbed them the wrong way. Hmm. The divorce was finalized in August 96. She received a settlement of $17 million as well as 400, well, I guess I guess it's pounds, 17 million pounds. I don't know. As well as 400,000 That still sounds annually. like more than what I got. <laughs> yeah. So the kicker of all this situation with Prince Charles is that he could not remarry if Diana was still alive. Oh. So, uh. yes. Oh. oh. 
In her note to Paul Burrell, she wrote, quote, I am sitting here at my desk today in October longing for someone to hug me and encourage me to keep strong and hold my head high. This particular phase in my life is the most dangerous. Someone is planning an accident in my car, brake failure, and serious head injury in order to make the path for him to marry. What? What? End quote. She... She said that when? That was... She said that she was at her desk that day in October, so I'm assuming October 96, and she died in July 97. She literally... Oh. She literally said... Yes. Oh, there was there was a couple of times that it seemed like she predicted her own death right down to the T. That's, that's what... That's one of the reasons why people so strongly believe that she was murdered, because she spoke so often about suspecting that something like that would happen yeah. to her eventually. Yeah. So in terms of subsequent relationships post-divorce or around the same time of the divorce, she had a relationship with a British-Pakistani heart surgeon who named... Oh, God, I'm so sorry if I'm butchering this. Hasnat Khan, who was apparently referred to as the love of her life and quote Mr. Wonderful they dated for almost two years and according to Khan it was Diana who ended the relationship but according to Paul Burrell Diana's mother disapproved of her dating a Muslim man which is why she ended the relationship so a month after splitting with Khan in July of 97 Diana began dating Dodi Fayed who as you guys may or may not know or remember is her boyfriend that died with her in the car crash oh okay i remember I, the uh, or recognize the name but i can't remember him at all dody was how many people s- died in the crash because i only knew of her so there was the driver he died there was her bodyguard who did not die he did survive but he he suffered very extreme head injuries and lost a lot if not all memory oh of that God. night and then there was Diana and Dodie, who both also died. And Dodie, he was actually the son of Mohammed Al-Fayed, who owns Harrods, the casino. Oh. So hmm. this is like a big family, like super rich family. Like Harrods is everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I've been to I've been to one and, and may or may not have gotten an inebriated in one. <laughs> yes. So... Uh, regarding Dodie, there were rumors when Diana died that she was pregnant, engaged, and Dodie was about to whisk her and the princes away to Egypt to start their life together. Which, obviously, would not sit well with the establishment. Uh, no. Uh-uh. Obviously. So, <clears throat> that brings us to August 97. So, Diana, on August 31st. Diana died in a car crash in Paris while her driver was supposedly fleeing from the paparazzi. The crash took the lives of Dodie and the driver, Henri Paul, and her bodyguard survived. The initial investigation concluded that the crash was caused by Paul's intoxication, reckless driving, speeding, and effects of prescription drugs. So, in 1998, Dodie... Fayed's father, Muhammad, he publicly stated that the crash had been planned and he accused MI6 or British Secret Service and the Duke of Edinburgh (laughs) 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 however the fuck you say that so 
after that, an inquest started in London in 2004. I'm not sure what took so long, but it continued until 2008, which attributed the crash to grossly negligent driving by Paul and to the pursuing paparazzi. In April 2008, the jury returned a verdict of unlawful killing, and a coroner determined that Diana was not pregnant at the time of her death and did not find any trace of the HCG, or pregnancy, hormone in her blood. So, a lot of conspiracy theorists Mm. kind of attribute one of the reasons as, or one of the reasons, I guess, for why or how she was murdered was the response time in terms of the French police and rescue squad. So, the first call to emergency services was made at 1226 a.m. And the ambulance carrying Diana arrived at the hospital at 206 a.m. So, almost two hours between the initial call and when she arrived at the That's hospital. The ambulance... Oh. The, I, have to, <laughs> I have to say, the car was trashed. Like It, it would was, have taken yeah, a bit yeah. to get yeah, people out of it. Well, there's, there's also there's some more that comes into play. The ambulance arrived at 12.40 and Diana was removed from the car at 1 a.m. She then went into cardiac arrest, see... CPR was performed and her heart started beating again. She was taken to the ambulance at 118. So the ambulance left the crash site at 141 and arrived at the hospital at 206. And it traveled slowly, apparently, based on the doctor's instructions. He was concerned about Diana's blood pressure and the effects of, I guess, her medical condition on in terms of like deceleration and acceleration of a vehicle. Yeah. 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 But right. I've also read that in in terms of French emergency response, they apparently, whenever it's a situation with like a car crash or something, they treat victims on site for as long as possible before taking them to the hospital. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but apparently that's the thing. Like they, they do everything that they can at the scene of the crash before transporting them. On, on so, that side, I can say that they're, yeah, they're trying to do as much as possible before they move them sort of thing but also on the side that they wouldn't be fully equipped to be able to do everything correct yeah 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 so let's see i'm trying not to bounce around here okay Another element that contributes to her murder conspiracy is the lack of CCTV footage from the night of the crash. According to the independent newspaper in 2006, there were more than 14 CCTV cameras in the underpass, and none contained footage of the collision. What? How many? 14. Uh, And none of those 14 caught a fucking thing. It was determined that most of those cameras were not managed by the city of Paris and were actually owned and managed privately by the owners of the respective buildings nearby. There was a traffic camera monitoring the underpass, but the department managing the camera closed at 11 p.m. every night and had no night staff and no history of recordings. What the... Mm, That's a bit strange. Yeah. It sounds very convenient. Mm. Yes. So, (laughs) allegedly, it gets weirder. Okay, so during examination of the wreckage, it was found that Diana's Mercedes had made contact with another car. It made contact apparently with a white Fiat Uno, which left traces of white paint on the Mercedes or Diana's car's bodywork. 
So French police attempted to locate the Fiat, but were unsuccessful. Though no one actually saw the Fiat in the tunnel, some witnesses claim to have seen a Fiat exiting the tunnel. Hmm. Wait, what? How? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to just go back here real quick so I'm not, like, bouncing myself off. Well, I'll hit that at the end. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm trying not to bounce around so bad. Okay, so on the Netflix, Diana, in her words, there were a couple different people who were interviewed. One of them was Michael Mansfield, who was a, or he, he is a notable barrister in the UK. He not only believes that the inquiry verdict was wrong, but he believed that with Diana's crash that there were other vehicles involved besides the white Fiat. He said, quote, in front of the Mercedes was a black car which was said to be slowing, so in other words, the Mercedes was sandwiched. The next thing is that the Mercedes she's in clips a white Fiat. So, there was also, he believed, well, there were witnesses who said that there was a motorcycle behind Diana's Mercedes. And the witnesses say there were two people on the motorcycle, but they were not paparazzi. They didn't have cameras. So the motorcycle was tailing her car, and then there was another car in front driving slower than usual, apparently. And then there's this white Fiat on the side who, from what Michael Mansfield said, or not Michael Mansfield, it was Alan Power, who was an author. I think he wrote a book on Diana. But from what he said, the white Fiat clipped her car more than once. Apparently, they started making their way over to her car from the time they entered the tunnel. So, they hit her at least two times before her car eventually went into the pillar in the tunnel. Hmm. Which is why it's believed that it wasn't just an accident with the white Fiat. Hmm. Um, God. So, in terms of the Fiat... Um, after the crash, Mohammed Afayed, he was determined to prove that Diana and Dodi were purposely killed. He did not believe for a second from the time it happened that it was an accident. He mm. has been trying to prove ever since then for the last 23 years that their deaths were murder and it was intentional and that there's something more to it. He's been working so hard ever since then to prove that something more is going on with this than what it appears. So his team actually, they looked into the white Fiat thing. They tracked one car down to a pretty famed paparazzi, James and Danson, who Michael Mansfield, the barrister, he described as being someone who was conveniently always there at the right time. Like, when when things were going to go wrong or when things would pop off, so to speak, James and Danson was always there waiting with his camera. Hmm. So, mm. James and Danson, he had a white Fiat. So... But apparently, I guess it was not in roadworthy conditions. His was about nine years old. It had 325,000 kilometers on the odometer. And apparently, he didn't properly maintain it. And 
he also sold his in October of 97, three months after the crash. So, How many months after the crash? Only three. three. And the inquest into Diana's death, it was called Operation Paget, I believe is how it's pronounced. Um, That concluded that his car was not likely to be the car involved based on his car's condition. And the fact that he disposed of it so publicly is why they wrote off that it couldn't have been him. Like, no one would throw away murder evidence right in front of the police. They, no way. Like, come on, that's smart. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> Why the fuck would... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... If make it look public, so throw right. their suspicions elsewhere. Exactly. So the, the French police, they spent a year after looking for this mysterious white fiat. They couldn't find anything. Apparently, Ann Danson, he was interviewed in February of 98, but he was able to provide a credible alibi for the night of Diana's death. Allegedly, he was home almost 200 miles from Paris, and his widow later stated that he had been at home in bed with her at the time of the crash. But, according to author Alan Power, who I previously mentioned... He and Danson, he was never actually interviewed by police, and his car had also been resprayed prior to disposal. Mm-hmm. All right. So just wait, it's about to get weirder. And Danson <laughs> died in May of 2000, less than three years after Diana's death. His death was ruled a suicide, and his body was found in a black, burnt out BMW in a forest in the south of France. His How suicide- is that a suicide? Wait, it gets better. His suicide was attributed to problems in his personal life, and during the 2008 inquest into Diana's death, his friends and associates both said that prior to his death, he had talked of suicide by pouring petrol in a car and lighting a cigar. Oh, that's stuff. Wait, 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 okay. <laughs> okay, I'm about to blow you guys' mind, okay? So when he was found, his body was in the driver's seat, and there was a hole in his left temple. Right, because he shot himself and then set uh, himself so on yeah, fire. Yeah. The pathologist concluded that the hole was caused by the intense heat of the fire rather than a bullet wound. No, but, no, 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 uh, no, 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 no. None of this makes sense. Let me tell you, for a good... Like, I've, I mentioned before, my... My formal education has a lot. It's like a mixed bag. But, you know, some some crime scene investigation was in there. Some criminology was in there. If someone is going to kill themselves, now I'm not saying this is 100% of the time, but likelihood is they're going to do it or at least attempt to do it to a point where they absolutely cannot come back from. Uh, a gunshot would be one of them, but they're not going to set themselves on fire afterwards because they're going to be oh. dead. Or it just... None of what you said makes sense from everything that I've studied. Exactly. So before I dive into the next most likely suspect, I'm just going to, I'm going to take it back a few people. Um, I'm going to to try to work in as best of an order as I can, according to my notes. So in May of 1999, 
Richard Tomlinson, a former MI6 officer, claimed in a sworn statement to the French inquiry that MI6 had been involved in the crash and he suggested that the security service had documentation which would insist in the in- or assist in the inquiry. Inquiry. What? I can't say that. <laughs> he <laughs> he was dismissed from the intelligence services and later served 5 months in prison for breaching the Official Secrets Act of 1989. The previous August, he was reported by the BBC to have claimed that Paul Henri... I thought his name was Henri Paul. I don't know. Either way. The driver, (laughs) he was working for the security services and that one of Diana's bodyguards was a contact for British intelligence. And he also alleged that MI6 was monitoring Diana leading up to her death and allegedly told Dodi Fayed's father that Paul was an MI6 agent. Also, according to him... Diana's death mirrored assassination plans he saw in 1992 for the then-president of Serbia using a strobe light to blind his chauffeur. What? (laughs) Now, this Tomlinson thing, I just, I don't know which way to go with it, because it's like he says these things, and then he goes back and, like, takes them back, and then... So, I don't know. So, in 2008, he came back out and said he may have botched some details or misremembered and that he had no Uh, evidence to support that the driver was an MI6 agent. The previous... Yeah. The previous day, he had stated that the driver was supplying MI6 with information, and he also stated he couldn't specifically remember whether the assassination document he had seen in 92 had in fact proposed the use of a strobe light to cause a traffic accident. However, use of lights for this purpose were covered in his MI6 training. It was later revealed that the plan did not involve anything about using flashlights or strobes, which I haven't... I forgot to mention that. I hadn't gotten there yet. But one of the things that eyewitnesses to Diana's crash claim that they saw was a strobe light going off as soon as the car entered the tunnel that night, which would have blinded the driver. That's crazy. The black car in front of him. Yes. So, next person we're going to cover, because I just don't know how I feel about this Richard Tomlinson guy. It's, uh, like, reading this stuff and, like, researching it, it sounds like he knows what he's talking about, but then he would go back and say, oh, I don't know, or I don't remember. It's almost like he was, I guess someone was kind of like, yeah, like, you know, maybe you shouldn't say that. Like, you need to take that yeah. back or we're going to kill you. <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much. I just, I don't know. So, as I previously mentioned, from the time the crash happened, Mohammed Afayed, he was determined to prove that it was murder. That someone was out to get Diana and Dodi. So, he's just, he's consistently asserted for years following their deaths, that they'd been murdered. And one of his reasons for this was because he claimed that the couple was pregnant and they were planning to announce their engagement the day after their deaths. Um, He also claimed that Dodie had purchased a ring and gotten it sized. And he also claimed that Diana and Dodie came to visit a villa that he owned in Paris to choose a room for the new baby. But... CCTV footage did show that 
Dodie, he did visit a jeweler, but he didn't leave with anything except for a catalog or like a pamphlet. Um, it also provided proof that there was no conversation in the villa involving a pregnancy or baby and further demonstrated that a ring had been chosen by a Ritz hotel official, which I believe, if I remember correctly, Mohammed, he did own that Ritz hotel where Diana and Dodie were staying the night of the crash. Um, so a ring had been chosen by a hotel official, but it was purchased by Mohammed after the couple were already dead. Mm. I don't know what that means. I That's I just odd. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I I honestly I just I anyway <laughs> I I don't know I don't know I don't know how to feel about that I don't know what to make about it I know that at the time of their deaths just. Based on math, Diana and Dodie had spent presumably 23 days together in total. So, I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess you could be pregnant after that time, but you wouldn't know, really. How many days in total? 23. That was the estimated time that they had had spent together in person. 23 days. 23 days. They were not together long at all. They were together like a month whenever they died. So, uh, okay. I don't know. And apparently, according to Diana's friends, she, when talking about marriage again, she just, she was not for it. So I don't know how much water the whole engagement pregnancy thing, I don't know how much, you know, I don't know how credible that is. But Muhammad made a statement in 2005. Um, that's whenever he decided to dig into James and Danson. Uh, he alleged that Andanson had used his white Fiat to swerve and crash the car into the side of the tunnel. That's where they got the Andanson tip-off from. Um, he also alleged that Andanson was photographed by Diana when she was at Mohammed's villa in Saint-Tropez a month earlier. So, as weird as the Andanson thing is, there's another situation with another person that's even stranger and i'm gonna butcher this guy's name too i'm sure <laughs> lay uh, lay lay van fan he was 22 years old at the time he was a taxi driver he also owned a white fiat uno identical to the one that struck the mercedes Jeez. he has always refused interview requests uh, He's not been interviewed. <laughs> like, in t- <laughs> like when in you t- say interview requests, though, you mean interview requests from... I don't... Listen, I don't know that he's ever done anything for anyone, like reporters, police, anything. I just... He's... But, I mean, I, can you really refuse if the police want to talk to you? I mean, unless you say, like, talk to my lawyer or whatever, but... I mean... They can say they want to question you, but that doesn't... You don't necessarily have to do anything if you're not under arrest. Mm. I mean, they they can't make you do anything if you're not under arrest. True. So, in 2006, this guy's father, he actually came out and said that Than had resprayed his Uno red hours after the accident allegedly waking up his mechanic brother in the middle of the night to help him 
It was later concluded that his car, quote, could have been involved in the crash, end quote. But his, invo- his involvement in the crash, quote, was ruled out by the French police because he said he was at work on the night in question, end quote. Okay, but just because he said, did they follow that up with like a punch card or a it fucking was later, co-worker? It was later revealed that he had left work early that night and could have been at the scene of the crash. Multiple witnesses recall seeing a man matching his description exiting the tunnel seconds after the crash. Oh. <laughs> well, there we go. Oh my God. Yeah, so it's like, on the one hand, it's like, obviously this guy did it but then you start thinking like about the james and danson side of it and you're like but why was he suicided like what (laughs) it's it's just it's all weird i just i don't know i just i don't know (sighs) i (laughs) another okay so another thing contributing to the pregnancy thing okay Diana's body was embalmed only 10 hours after her death, which what is illegal. It was illegal in France. I'm not sure where else. Her body was embalmed literally what? the next morning after she died. What? 10 hours? Yes. That's it? The man who embalmed her insisted that he did not know that quickly embalming her was against the law and claims he did it to simply prevent rapid deterioration due to the summer heat and because Prince Charles and Diana's sister, Lady Sarah, were on their way to Paris to take Diana back home. He claims she would not have been presentable. He just wanted her to look beautiful like Diana was. And yeah, so conspiracy theorists believe that she was embalmed so rapidly to prevent pregnancy testing. Wow. And is during that poss- is that possible? Well, like- I mean, they use so many chemicals during mm. embalming. Like, yeah, you would yeah. you okay, wouldn't know. Yeah. So during the inquest after the crash, it was claimed that her body was not stored in a refrigerated mortuary due to security reasons. Okay. So. I don't know what kind of room they had her in, but what the yeah, fuck? What? That makes that just doesn't sound right. No. Right, and the only way that they were supposedly able to determine she was not pregnant was from collecting blood samples from the crash site, not her actual body. Well, that doesn't. Yeah. I mean, but do they? Okay. Okay. Yeah, so there's that. Now, I don't know if... (laughs) I don't want to speak ill of Diana, but if she was pregnant, I mean, it may have not even been Dodie's. It could have been that heart surgeon guy. Because, like, they broke up right before her and Dodie got together. Her and Dodie were only together three weeks. Right? I mean... I was roughly... Which, I mean, I don't know. I was roughly, like, what, like, maybe three or four weeks along when I found out about Weldon. Yeah, but that was also 2016. We're talking about 20 years ago. Uh, True, true. Like, the methods and 
detection and things were different back then. Completely. You're right. You're right. So, I just don't know. I... I'm almost done here. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. Yeah, you, you, you've got me. Go um, ahead, dude. Let's see. What else was there? So... Um... In 99, it was revealed that Diana had been placed under surveillance by the NSA, or the National Security Agency, until her death, and the organization kept a top-secret file on her which spanned more than a thousand pages, and the contents of that file have still not been disclosed. How? MI6 has since denied keeping a file on either the princess or Dodie, and there was not... They insist that there was not a plan involving Diana and Dodie at all. Of course. Yeah, of course I was going to say, yeah. yeah. I mean, why would they say, like, yeah? Why would they admit it, yeah. yeah. We had assassination plans for her. So... Let me... This is just so long. Um, the last not the last person I'll mention, but the last notable, like, I guess, person in terms of the murder conspiracy was someone called Soldier N. So, the court-martial of SAS, which is like, it's like the British... Ryan, do you know what the SAS is? I looked it up. It's like the it's British... It's the um, Special Air Services. Thank you. There yeah, we go. You. There we go. The There was a court-martial of an SAS sniper, Danny Nightingale, which led to a letter written by a witness called Soldier N. Soldier N was... No problem. It was Nightingale's former room... This is kind of like a friend of a friend of a friend thing. But um, Soldier N was Nightingale's former roommate who was in prison for illegally hiding firearms and ammunition. In 2013... It was announced that the Metropolitan Police were reviewing evidence that Soldier N had boasted that the SAS were behind Diana's death. Soldier N's parents-in-law reportedly wrote to the SAS's commanding officer, claiming Soldier N had told his wife, slash their daughter, that the unit, quote, arranged Diana's death and it was covered up, end quote. In November that same year, Scotland Yard released a statement saying the Met- sorry, quote, the Metropolitan Police Service has scoped the information as and is in the process of drawing up conclusions which will be communicated to the families and interested parties first before any further comment can be made, end quote. However, in December, it was announced that there was no credible evidence to corroborate the claims about Soldier N, and there was no reason to reopen the investigation. Which, what struck me as strange about this situation was the statement that Scotland Yard made for a nothing turnout. Yeah. Like it sounded like that. It sounded that they they found something, and they were notifying affiliated people. For them to come out a month later and be like, "Uh, oh, it was nothing." Yeah. I mean, why not just, why not just say yeah. that from the beginning? Um, in terms of the driver, Henri Paul, Paul Henri, whatever, whatever his name was, I, at this point, I've confused myself. <laughs> Apparently, he had three times the legal limit of alcohol in his system that wow. night, even though on the CCTV footage from the hotel he appeared totally sober. But. 
Michael Mansfield, the barrister, he did his own investigation. He found that for six months leading up to the crash, um, Henri was getting mysteriously large sums of money deposited into various accounts. Hmm. It's apparently Paul, his annual salary was, I guess this is pounds. I don't, 35,000 pounds a year. Mm-hmm. But at the time of his death, he had at least two hundred fifty thousand pounds in his bank account, okay. or one of them, which kind of corroborates the idea that he was being paid by MI6 or Secret Service, because yeah. no one who makes thirty five thousand dollars a year just has two hundred fifty thousand dollars <laughs> in <laughs> somewhere. You damn yeah. right. Like it was very mysterious the the amount of money that he had um michael mansfield he also he believes that the establishment or the royal family they wanted to harm diana but not necessarily kill her he thinks that the plan was to in that moment that night it was to separate diana from Dodie, have her flown back to Kensington, where she could then be treated by, you know, doctors, nurses, whatever that the royal family preferred. And they could kind of force her back into a situation where they believed her to be more secure than she would have been if she were, per se, with Dodie. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't think that they intended to kill her. They just wanted her removed from the situation with Dodie, right. essentially. Um. Mm. Oh, God. Yep. So, <laughs> in terms of the author I previously mentioned, Alan Power, um, he also he believed that the establishment was behind the deaths of Diana and Dodie. He believes that Henri Paul was on the payroll of the British services, like everyone mm. else. But one thing that was different about his claim was that he said, quote, well, following the crash after following the crash, I can't talk, quote, whilst Diana was lying in the car alive but badly hurt, it's my belief that she was injected with a poison by people waiting in the shadows. And by the time she got to the hospital, they knew she would be dead from the injection. And that was one of the main reasons why they weren't allowed to take blood samples from Diana at all. End quote. Which might sound all like kind of off kilter or crazy. But at the same time, I mean, they, they weren't allowed to take those samples from Diana. Which was another one of the reasons why the whole pregnancy thing came into play. Like they couldn't they weren't allowed to test her or her blood from her actual body. Yeah, that just so, sounds weird. Yeah, that makes... Yeah. Um, <laughs> God, this is just information Big overload. It's, it's one thing yeah, to, no, like... Yeah, no, my head is totally spinning right now. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's one thing to read all this, but to, like, be saying it out loud, I'm just... I feel like, what the fuck... It's like so, you hear how it all sounds at the same yeah. time, and it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of situations or things, I guess Diana or her behavior and the way that she did things and things that she did 
it made the royal family or the establishment uncomfortable because she she did not ride the wave she totally went against the grain she did her own thing if she felt something was right that is how she did it regardless of how the royal family felt about it yep so in terms of unconvention unconventionality (laughs) i mean it it went down to things as simple as her parenting techniques like she parented her children differently than the rest of the royal family she chose william and harry's first names which was very uncommon if not unprecedented she chose Mm. william and harry and then charles chose their following or whatever their other names their middle names i guess i don't know um, I mean, she did things like she chose their the, the boys' clothes. She took them to school, whereas I mean, other royal family members they had nannies and mm-hmm. such to do that for them. Um, she built her schedule and her royal appearances around her children's schedule. Like, if something conflicted, it was going to be the boys who were top priority, which is how it yeah. should be. Yeah. But that's no, not I how it agree. was. But no. th- yeah, that's no. not how it was. And they saw her as unconventional and super modern for it. And it was just things like that that kind of made them pretty weary of her. They felt like she was attacking or trying to change their way of life. Um, she, which it's not unusual for members of the royal family to work with charities. Okay. I mean, that's... It's expected of them, but she championed for more unlikely charities. Like, she was working with charities that involved victims of AIDS, leprosy. She worked with charities for animal protection, the homeless, um, drug addicts, displaced youth, elderly, things like that. And she actually, she began working with AIDS victims in the 80s when AIDS first came on the scene, pretty much. And there was... Everyone probably had that fucking phobia, too, regarding AIDS. Yes. Because, like, back then they didn't really know, like, how the fuck that you got it. Like, some people thought that you got it just from kissing someone or touching them or... It was so new. Right right on, Princess Diana. No one knew how it was transmitted. And not only was she working with AIDS victims, she was, I mean, she didn't like shy away from touching them or hugging them yeah. or just making any kind of physical contact with them. <sighs> and she was, she was the first royal figure to make contact with AIDS patients physically. <sighs> and the queen Yikes. did not agree with her involvement and suggested that she involve herself in, quote, something more pleasant, end quote. And she did the same with leprosy victims. I mean, I I want to say there's a quote from her at some point. I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe I'm misremembering, but I want to say that she, she said something along the lines of people needing to be hugged or something like that. And in terms of her visiting AIDS victims and things like that. But, <sighs> yeah, so... And, and also, I mean, she was a huge non-support. She, ca- she called for a ban, an international ban on landmines. So throughout all of these things and the 
unconventional charities and causes that she supported. Just humanitarian stuff. I mean, like, you're basically not human if you're not supporting these kinds of things. <laughs> but those kinds of things made, like, the royal family and the queen kind of, like, frown in her general direction. Like, they did not like it. They didn't approve yeah. of it. Um, she was seen as a danger or a threat to the monarchy because of it. And I'm telling you, like, she went to Angola in, I think, January of 97, just several months before she died. And she was there on the cause of banning landmines. And that kind of, like, that was kind of like a bomb in terms of the establishment because they felt like it was too political of a cause for her to take on. Like, she shouldn't be out there... And I mean, she was she was out there with it wasn't safe enough for them. Like, yes, yeah, like she was literally walking in fields where there were potentially landmines could have blown herself to smithereens. She wasn't scared of anything. Mm, So it's just they had a lot of reason. I mean, I I don't feel like it's reason to fear her, but I guess in terms of their way of life, they had a they lot had of a reason lot of reason to, fear to her. disagree with her and fear what she was doing and right. fear the things that she may have been stirring up. Right, and yeah. I mean, she was just doing things differently. She was doing things with a more modern approach, more like I said, unconventional approach that didn't sit well with them. But can, can can I bring something up? And I mean, correct me if what I'm about to say is, you know, particularly wrong. But I mean, isn't that kind of, I mean, I'm definitely probably not on the same totem pole at all. But I mean, isn't that kind of like where Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are right now, where they just don't agree with so many of the things going on that that's yeah. why they had to. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like. After after Diana's death, I mean, when William and Harry grew up and, you know, became adults, they took on a lot of the same charities that Diana had. And Good. that and the combination, I think, I mean, it hit both of the boys strongly. I mean, it was their mother. I think William was like 15 or so when she died and Harry was 13. So it's not mm. like they were super young and not able to remember a lot of it. But mm. it hit both both of them really hard but it seems like it hit harry a little bit harder than it hit william and the the combination of like harry wanting to take a more unconventional approach and seeing how the press has treated megan since they began dating i think it's just been like i saw what these people did to my mother i'm not putting my wife in that same position Hmm. right yeah because ultimately, outside of all conspiracy theories, outside of whether she was murdered or not, I mean, Diana was killed because of overexposure, essentially. I right. mean, if you're not digging any deeper than that, I mean, the, the bare minimum is that paparazzi were pursuing her car and she crashed. So it's like overexposure actually killed her, you know? So... I can see, I mean, I totally, like, I totally back Harry's decisions a thousand percent to remove Megan from that situation because the public over there especially have been vilifying Megan from the second she came into the picture. And he's yeah. already seen what happened to his mom because of right. it. So, 
whatever. Hmm. Um, that's, I do have a, a, a transcript from the interview that Diana did with Panorama in 1995, which was two years before she died. Um, which, <clears throat> if any anyone listening, you may remember seeing this clip being passed around on social media. I know I've seen it quite a bit in recent years, but there is a clip of Diana from this interview where the interview asks her, do you think you'll ever be queen? And she blatantly just outright, she says, no, I don't know. Um, and they ask her why. And she says, quote, I'd like to be a queen of people's hearts, in people's hearts, but I don't see myself being queen of this country. I don't think many people want me to be queen. Actually, when I say many people, I mean the establishment that I married into because they have decided that I am a non-starter. And then she goes yeah. on to say, because I do things differently, because I don't go by a rule book, because I lead from the heart, not the head, and albeit that's got me into trouble in my work, I understand that. But someone's got to go out there and love people and show it. And then the interviewer said, do you think that because of the way you behave, that's precluded you effectively from becoming queen? And she says, yes, well, not precluded me. I wouldn't say that. I just don't think that I have as many supporters in that environment as I did. Meaning the royal yeah. household. Yeah. They see me as a threat of some kind, and I'm here to do good. I'm not a destructive person. I think every strong woman in history has had to walk down a similar path, and I think it's the strength that causes the confusion and the fear. Why is she strong? Where does she get it from? Where is she taking it? Where is she going to use it? Why do the public still support her? When I say public, you go and do an engagement, and there's a great many people there. And... I mean, like I said previously, earlier on, there were many times, and especially the last five years before her death, that she kind of alluded to something happening to her, if not directly saying yeah. it. Yeah. So, I She just, was a smart woman. Very smart woman. Yeah. Extremely. It was just such a... It was, it was such a catastrophic loss, and it's like... Especially, like, I knew a lot about her going into this already, but, like, digging even deeper into it, it's like, from the beginning, she's had a hard, or, you know, she had a hard life. Like, yeah. And yeah. watching all this stuff and reading all this stuff, I'm, I've really been forcing myself to question in the last couple of weeks if, if she ever really was happy. And,. If she was, I feel like it was in the last couple of months before she died, which makes everything sadder because it's like she went through her entire life. Only had life. that happiness for so long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it's just... And the things that she did and the things that she stood for, and it's like... Yeah, like, would you imagine having a person like that in 2020 right now? <laughs> like, she is the kind of person that we, we could, need in 2020. We could I mean, fucking use that yeah. so much right yeah. now, and that's so... That's so fucking unfortunate, and to know that it there's this much speculation and there's this much you know evidence and precedence that this wasn't what people might want you to think it is. It's just 
I just it's I feel fucking, like it fucking sucks that having a good heart like that and being the person that she was is may have been what caused mm. her tragedy and that's so fucking unfortunate. Yeah. Just like I don't know and uh, I mean it just I don't even know. I just don't know. This Damn, whole thing this is, is really summer. this whole thing has <laughs> just really bothered me. I'm just like like ever since I started researching it more, I'm just it just God, like why? I just don't know. You know, it's yeah, and I don't think. I mean, a lot of it seems like a lot of the rumors and the conspiracies come from Muhammad Al Fayed, which I don't, I don't understand his part in it. I know that he lost his son, and he has been just tragically heartbroken about it ever since then, and it it just seems like he has been so desperate for the last twenty three years to prove that something besides sheer accident could have killed his son that it just seems like he just almost pulls stuff out of thin air and throws it at the wall and hopes it sticks it's mm. it just seems like every rumor or theory i mean apart from a few circumstances it just seems like everything theory wise that has come out of this has come from muhammad's mouth because he's just hoping desperately to find the thing yeah. that killed his son. Yeah, like, it sounds like he wants a more finite answer. He wants answer. a definite answer, yeah. 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 Like, he's just not willing to accept that trivial things can happen to powerful people like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I get that. I mean, I... You know, I even feel that way about my little fucker, you know, <laughs> even though I know he's not invincible to anything, but, you know, I don't. So anyway, I, I, I can I can see the sympathy in it, even, you know. Yeah, yeah, why. no, yeah. like, it just, it seems like he kind of lost his mind after that, like, but I mean, there's also, there's also a lot circumstantial wise that's like okay what's going on here like the james and dancing thing and the 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 other dude leave leave van than or whatever i don't sorry i don't remember what his name was that guy and yeah just very mysterious things happening around that whole situation that i just don't understand yeah it's uh God damn, Jess. That's uh. Mm. So there's my present. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, oh, it's fucking. Wow. I'm telling you guys, it was so hard to dig up even that. Like, like, but I, no, it's. But I mean, it's it's. Shit. Like I, I, I need. Like... I needed. I needed to know about all of it. I mean, I'm. I'm very glad that I know. I knew very, very little about it before you started talking, and, like, I... Yeah, my mind's kind of racing now, and I'm gonna look up some shit when we get off here. <laughs> on the one hand, I'm, like, glad to educate, but on the other hand, I kind of wish I could have kept your mind virginal in terms of it, because I feel like knowing all this about Diana is to love Diana, essentially, and it's just... Yeah. God, it just hurts so fucking much. Yeah. I... Yikes. 
So yeah, you did fucking amazing. You did. I'm. Yes, well done. I, I mean, I, I knew of a lot of stuff. Not all the details, but I knew a lot of people suspected it. It was no accident. I mean, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I virtually knew nothing. The only thing that I knew is that she was in a car accident and that it was caused by paparazzi was all that I knew. I didn't, I didn't know any of the extra things. <laughs> but with regards to, like you're saying, she never looked happy. The only times I really saw her look happy as such was when she was doing her charity course. stuff. Yeah, when she was doing her charity stuff. She looked like a, a human. She looked yeah. happy yeah. doing that sort of thing. When she was away from everything else, doing what she loved to do, helping people. Yeah. That was when she... Tr- oh. I believe she truly looked looked happy. In any photos or videos I saw of her, that was when... And that's yeah. the kind of pure heart and love that we need in 2020, and those motherfuckers took it away. <laughs> I just that's feel like feel right there now. was she just like blossomed so much once she and Charles split like I feel like she she looked her happiest post split like she was definitely like more vibrant like she looked more in my opinion she looked more fashionable she was more daring in the things that she wore and she was just like out there and fabulous She, she didn't have those restrictions on her I mean, like she's the royal still family would have said, did. "No, you can't do this. You can't." Yeah, but not as much. Like they, I mean, she was doing those kinds of things before the divorce. There was one event where she wore this like off-the-shoulder, like black or black or like navy gown or something, and it like it was just a little too much chest for the royal family. But I mean, even though she and Charles got divorced, she was still expected to act as a royal family member oh, because yeah. her like son said, was, was going Lady to ascend the throne. But she did not give a fuck after that. So good at all. So yeah. So that's my Diana coverage. <laughs> I just I talked I talked my way through my entire buzz. Like I was drinking a mango Rita out of a martini yeah, glass no, to feel less I, trashy I about it. I completely emptied mine, but I'm still, you know, I'm pretty... I'm upset, honestly. Mm. <laughs> so, okay, do we have any any further thoughts on this? Uh, I got, I got... No, other than I don't done. know what, the, what to Ryan's fucking say. Ryan's like, duh, my mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's Ryan normally it's, anyway. It's just normally normally, but it's even more so now. Oh, my God days well i'm gonna go ahead and close this out before this takes over as the longest episode of all time might be wise (laughs) oh i think i need my notes and i don't have them so anyway sponsored by five the gamer and that's about all (laughs) (laughs) Uh, tune in next week because we're covering (laughs) <laughs> we I don't know Something. who's going Amber, it, it we, we now do the rotation Amber. again it, it, It's yeah. Amber, Amber, Amber starts over the rotation again <laughs> Okay, well Amber's going next And I don't know what she's talking about So tune in and you'll be How just as surprised as me <sighs> I can <laughs> barely remember what I had for lunch today 
I will yeah. say next week I'm going yeah. over a more touchy conspiracy theory. There will be an there there will be a warning at the beginning of the episode. I promise. But yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna need a hello warnings at the beginning. Yeah, of please. Yeah, you will. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> let's see. You can find our episodes on Anchor, Podbean, and Podchaser, and which I recently found out you can review and rate on Apple and maybe Google. I'm not sure. Anyway, so we're we're on pretty much any podcasting site Pretty you much, can yeah. think of anchor podbean podchaser google podcast spotify apple podcasts youtube duh. <laughs> 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 so please rate and review our episodes we love it and we want input and input but not cri- not criticism please <laughs> yeah, subscribe uh, download just listen to us yeah your ear hole. yes subscribe like download share download download somebody <laughs> <laughs> broke jess she's, she's stuck i just want to reiterate how important downloading is that's literally the most it, important it is, analytic it is. download so download 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 even if you like you don't listen to it immediately just download it like amber said last week put it in your pocket download it and just come back to it later or don't we don't care just download (laughs) it we are still miraculously sponsored by five the gamer so for all of your headset needs i'm not even going to say gaming anymore because these are so multifunctional and versatile like um yeah, for, so for all your headset needs, head on over to 5thegamer.com and you can enter discount code JARD. That is J A R R E T. J as in Jess, E as in excellent. No, it's, not it's not E. It's not E. It's not. E. not. <laughs> I was trying to spell my own name. Maybe I am oh a little my. drunk. What the hell? J. Jared. Jared. <laughs> Jared. I didn't get to the R yet, Dougie. I was spelling my name. J, as in Jess. What's that got to do a with is, A as in Alpha. R as in Romeo. R as in Romeo. E as in Echo. D as in Delta. <laughs> Two zero. Anyway, that's our discount. <laughs> Just enter JAR20 at discount. Get 10%. JAR20 to get 10% off. And whatever discount you get goes into the jarred bank account so the more money you give us the more clothes i can buy i'm just kidding jk we're just all trying to get in the same i'm just kidding we just really we just want to download zoom like monthly subscription to zoom that's all please just give us some money it's not even that serious so yeah there's that and we're also partnered with xtippy.com so for your GTA or for our non-gamers, the Grand Theft Auto players, you can go to xtiffy.com and she's got components for little outfits on GTA and they're cool. So there's that. And what else? Coronavirus is still real. Please wash your hands and wear your masks and please stay the fuck at home. Your goddamn toad. Yeah. We're honestly sick of it, so 
Yeah. yeah. I guess uh, you guys have a great week. Have fun chewing on this episode. Don't get too depressed. Drink a lot of wine. We love you guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. See ya. Bye.